the Bible Study Podcast, episode 774. Today, the Bible Study Podcast starts a new study with the book of Zephaniah. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. We begin another study of one of the minor prophets, Zephaniah, and Zephaniah is only three chapters long, so we'll only be doing this for three different episodes before we move on through the minor prophets. Zephaniah is one of the later minor prophets during the time of Josiah the Reformer, but we believe before Josiah's reforms. Josiah the Reformer who, while they're cleaning out the temple, they're going to discover the book of the law, which they have forgotten. And so this is before that time period. And Zephaniah also is the great, great grandson of King Hezekiah, who is one of the other good kings. Zephaniah chapter 1. The word of the Lord came to Zephaniah, son of Cushi, the son of Gedaliah, son of Amariah, son of Hezekiah, during the reign of Josiah son of Ammon, king of Judah. Judgment on the whole earth in the day of the Lord. I will sweep away everything from the face of the earth, declares the Lord. I will sweep away both man and beast. I will sweep away the birds in the sky and the fish in the sea and the idols that cause the wicked to stumble. When I destroy all mankind on the face of the earth, declares the Lord, I will stretch out my hand against Judah and against all who live in Jerusalem. I will destroy every remnant of Baal worship in this place, the very names of the idolatrous priests, those who bow down on the roofs to worship the starry host, those who bow down and swear by the Lord, and who also swear by Molech, those who turn back from following the Lord and neither seek the Lord nor inquire of him. Be silent before the sovereign Lord, for the day of the Lord is near. The Lord has prepared a sacrifice. He has consecrated those he has invited. On the day of the Lord's sacrifice, I will punish the officials and the king's sons and all those clad in foreign clothes. On that day, I will punish all those stepping on the threshold, all who fill the temple of their gods with violence and deceit. On that day, declares the Lord, a cry will go up from the fish gate, wailing from the new quarter, and a loud crash from the hills. Will you who live in the market district, all you merchants will be wiped out. All who trade with silver will be destroyed. At that time, I will search Jerusalem with lamps and punish those who are complacent, who are like wine left on its dregs, who think the Lord will do nothing either good or bad. Their wealth will be plundered, their houses demolished. Though they build houses, they will not live in them. Though they plant vineyards, they will not drink the wine. The great day of the Lord is near, near and coming quickly. The cry on the day of the Lord is bitter. The mighty warrior shouts his battle cry. The day will be a day of wrath, a day of distress and anguish, a day of trouble and ruin, a day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and blackness, a day of trumpet and battle cry against the fortified cities, against the corner towers. I will bring on distress on all people, and they will grope about like those who are blind because they have sinned against the Lord. Their blood will be poured out like dust and the entrails like dung. Neither their silver nor their gold will be able to save them on the day of the Lord's wrath. In the fire of his jealousy, the whole earth will be consumed, for he will make sudden end of all who live on the earth. So this is rather familiar in terms of 
the fact that it's a lot of wrath going on, a lot of, hey, you've been doing the wrong thing. Hey, you've been worshiping the Baal and the Molech and swearing by the starry hosts and all those sorts of things. One of the things that makes Zephaniah a little different is that Zephaniah is talking about the whole earth and the day of the Lord. And I wonder if there are two different ways to interpret this. One is that it's still something yet to come because obviously this hasn't happened to the whole earth yet. But also it seems like at the same time it's talking about Jerusalem and talking about Judah and that worship of Baal, which has stopped. There is no one that I know right now in these days that is worshiping Baal or Molech, although we find other ways to not worship God. And we find other ways of being idolatrous also, although probably fewer of us with less little, you know, carved statue idols, we make other things more important than God in our lives, which is also idolatry. And so I think there is two phases of this. I think there is the judgment of Jerusalem and Judah in the time period of Zephaniah, not that long from the time period of Josiah the Reformer. But I also then wonder if we're looking forward to something else that's going on in our future, where the whole earth is judged. And so far with the Minor Prophets, we haven't had that sort of looking forward that far out into our future yet. We've been looking mostly at what was going to happen to Jerusalem and to Judah and to Israel and maybe sometimes to Nineveh, but not so much the whole earth. So that's the first thing I'd like to say about this. And then there's, you know, bad things happening. Now sweep away both man and beast, sweep away the birds in the sky, the fish in the sea, sea, and the idols that cause the wicked to stumble. So again, we get the beginning of why are we seeing this judgment? And it's going to be idols. It's going to be false gods. And that's the basic problem that we're dealing with here in this book, as with the rest of the Minor Prophets. Stretch out my hand against Judah and all who live in Jerusalem. And then again, I will destroy every remnant of Baal worship in this place. The very names of the idolatrous priests. And we have to remember that when we talk about idolatrous priests, some of the priests of God, of the tribe of Levi, have been doing this worshiping of Baal or worshiping of God and of Baal, have been mixing in their worship and haven't had the one God that we were required to have according to the Ten Commandments and according to the covenant of the people of Israel with God. And so there are people who are bowing down to the roofs of the starry host. There are people who are worshiping Molech and Baal. Again, as we talked about before, that part of that was child sacrifice. That's certainly one of the reasons that was so bad. But there are people who are turning their back from the Lord, neither seek the Lord nor inquire of him. And so that's something that's more familiar to us. Not people who are necessarily serving false gods, or at least obvious false gods, but people who are have turned their back on God. And whether that be us or other people, that's certainly one of the reasons why judgment eventually will be coming. And then it's, be silent before the sovereign Lord, for the day of the Lord is near. He's, he has prepared a sacrifice. He's consecrated those he has invited. Now, this invitation here seems like a positive invitation, and it's the first kind of positive thing that's hinted at in these verses. And we would certainly read this as, okay, there's going to be judgment, but then there's going to be some other people who have been consecrated, who have been set aside for God's use. That's what the word consecrated means. When you consecrate the articles, for instance, that were used in the tabernacle and later 
in the temple, those things that were made, that were talked about in the book of Exodus, for instance, make these particular uh, things for cleaning out the ashes of the sacrifices and these particular things for holding the lamps and all of those things that were made, they were then consecrated. They were blessed so that they would be used by God for God's purposes. And God also consecrates us, intends for us to be used by God for God's purposes, that we are to live as consecrated people and not as these people who are also worshiping the starry hosts or Molech or who are making money more important or whatever it is that is getting between us and God or causing us to neither seek him nor inquire of him. And then it says, on the day of the Lord's sacrifice, I will punish the officials and the king's sons, those clad in foreign clothes. I don't think this is just a fashion statement so much as those who have given in to the practices of their neighbors, especially in that time period of where Zephaniah lived, where people were, hearts were being turned to what their neighbors were doing, who fill the temple of their gods with violence and deceit. And again, temple of their gods, not the temple of God. On that day, a cry will go up, and that cry is going to go up in the fish gate, the new quarter, loud crashing in the hill. So we're talking about the within the region of Jerusalem, fish gate in the new quarter within the region of Jerusalem. The market district, all your ne- merchants will be wiped out. Your, those who trade with silver will be destroyed. You know, bad times are happening. Bad times are coming. I will search Jerusalem with lamps and punish those who are complacent. Now, that's interesting because we talk so much in the minor prophets about punishing those who are evil, those who are, you know, worshiping the false gods or those who are who are using the false scales or those who are trampling on the neighbors, whatever. It's interesting that this particular one talks about those who are complacent because it is easy for us. It's easy for me, at least, and maybe for the rest of us to say, well, I'm not one of those people. But when you start talking about complacent, then that starts getting a little close to the a little close to the truth here. I can certainly be complacent. And complacent meaning that I can live with the way things are. You know, yes, that maybe things are going in the wrong direction, but you know, that happens. That would be a complacent attitude. Unlike the attitude of one who is consecrated, one who has been set apart for God for God's use, who has to ask the question of him, what should I do about it? Right? It's easy to be complacent, and it doesn't seem that bad. You know, I'm just I'm just at home watching Netflix. I'm I'm not involved, you know, that's somebody else's somebody else will deal with that. Those who are like wine left on its dregs, and I don't know if you've drunk wine from the bottle it still has the dregs the 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 precipitate that is there at the bottom of the bottle it's not the best thing when it's in your you know your coffee in the bottom of your coffee or the wine that's left in the in the bottle it still has its dregs it's not the most valuable or the most interesting part of the wine but there's people who think the lord will do nothing either good or bad the lord is just you know a giant clockmaker who wound up the clock and let it go is what the deists would say and this is talking about those people, not the bad people, but those who are just complacent, which is, again, scary. Their wealth will be plundered, their houses demolished, they'll build houses, they won't live in them, they'll plant vineyards, they won't drink the wine. Again, we've heard those verses from some of the other prophets. And the reason why that happens is it's going to catch us by surprise, right? The great day of the Lord is near and coming quickly. The cry on the day of the Lord is bitter. The mighty shouts his battle cry. Day full of wrath and 
distress, anguish, trouble, ruin, darkness, gloom, clouds, blackness. You get the basic idea. This is not going to be a day that you want to be there, and it's not going to be that fun for anybody who's caught up in the trumpet and the battle cry and all of that that's going on. I will bring such distress on all people that they will group about like those who are blind because they have sinned against the Lord. Again, that's the basic reason why we talk about judgment in the Bible is sin, that both the things that we do and that state of being in rebellion to God that causes us to do those things. Blood poured out like dust, entrails like dung, neither silver or gold be able to save them on the day of the Lord's wrath. In, In the fire of his jealousy the whole earth will be consumed. Well, what is he jealous of? The worship of those false gods. Again, it always keeps coming back to that. Is what is number one? Who is first? For he will make a sudden end of all who live on the earth. Now, again, we need to put this in the context of other verses in the Bible that do talk about you know, the those who are consecrated and those who he has invited, which this chapter doesn't get into as much detail for, but we believe that there is going to be judgment to come, but there is also salvation through Jesus and what he did on the cross. But Zephaniah is preaching this before that happens, and so he doesn't happen to mention that. With that, we're going to end this episode, this cheery episode of the first chapter of Zephaniah. If you have any questions, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com, or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And thanks so much for listening. found myself on a ledge three stories high at some condominiums contemplating my life and struggling to understand my purpose have you ever found yourself on the ledge my name is billy yance i'm a caring father mentor and friend in my new podcast billy and the goat i share the life-changing events that shaped who i am today to remind you that no matter how far you've fallen god can help you get up and thrive listen now at lifeaudio.com